welcome back to the July special edition of the Double Reel Film Podcast. If you've made it this far, you belong to a select hardy few whose dedication to consuming nerdy film content surpasses all others. Your reward for sticking it out is another sizable chunk of Oscar chat. We'd just finished dissecting four decades of best picture and other decisions, and now for the analysis of the worst and most unjust awards, and how the universe still has work to do to put some of those decisions right. On with the show. So that's where we got to with our review of the four uh, decades, the 80s, 90s, uh, noughties and teens, to, to review how they did in terms of their Oscar performance. Uh, James, do you have a view on whether a particular decade was worse? The 90s wasn't great, was it? The 90s just sort of jumped out. I mean, there are some really terrible ones there. Titanic, Shakespeare in Love, Dances with Wolves. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's any... Like my my ones, I've tried to throw in a couple of like kind of like funny ones, like South Park not winning. But there's I can't really complain with a lot of them. It's just kind of yeah. one of those things where for most of my ones, it's like oh well, Ian uh, Ian McKellen didn't win for Gandalf, Jim Broadbent won for Iris, but you can't really complain with that. There's things like Chicago in my one though, which is pretty bad. Yeah, and um, I think what you picked out was probably the last the last decade hasn't been that bad, although there've been a few like, in terms of the best film, there were a couple of glaring ones, but mostly. You know, they weren't too bad. I mean, the thing that you picked out on was uh, some of the lower down Oscars or not, you know, best picture, but you think the right people haven't had the right recommendation. Or you think in the 2010s uh, and, and the noughties, David Fincher was pretty prominent, but didn't get much of a look in. That's a bit, bit unfair. And Hans Zimmer, as you say, there's a couple of times where very, you know, much weaker stuff won. And you also noticed, or you seem to think, Oscars seem to be getting handed, a, shared out a bit more now. There's not many kind of enormous yeah. winners anymore, um, is there? Yeah, we don't really have, you know, 11 winners like Return of the King and Titanic do, as much of an injustice Titanic was. You don't have films like that anymore. Parasite yeah. won, I think it was six. Um, Mad Max, Fury Road won five. So it's one of those things where they, they try and spread out. Yeah. I, I think we've spoke about this before, about why we think it's just, you know, as soon as you attach an Oscar to a film, it's like, ooh, it must be good. It's won an Oscar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, the purpose uh, of Oscars is obviously to promote the industry, isn't it? It's like, look how many good films there were this year. So it doesn't serve their purpose for only one film to win all the Oscars. You know, they want lot, lot, lots of lots of films need to, need to be able to say they've won a bunch of awards so that they can say the industry's in good shape. Yeah. Um, There's also films that I think that they benefit from, from the Oscar. I mean, like Moonlight. I mean, that was a very, very small film, and I'm sure a lot more people have watched it, me included, because it won Oscars, you know? It was like, hey, that's a good film. It's also a, it's also it a good film to, to win Oscars and draw attention to because it's, you know, it's about a, a young black guy trying to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. A I mean, really important film to be winning Oscars, personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's an example of Oscars doing, doing their job, if you see what I mean. Um, the the only thing that you you said it, like we should discuss if there's been a an, a change in Oscars. The only change I'll say is that yes, Oscars get spread out thinner, you know, like to obviously promote the industry. Um, barring maybe the ones like Best Picture, you know, like I think almost every year of my decade, the Best Picture has been like awarded to a not like a worthy you know worthy winner like i can't really disagree with um parasite it's just they didn't award best director in 1917 green book won best sure. picture bit of a nothing year shape of, yeah. okay shape of what should have been get out that's a bit of an anomaly uh, yeah la la land no moonlight won best picture and i'm quite I'm, I'm okay with that um yeah spotlight was the best picture um 
Birdman was probably one of the best pictures that year. Gravity, no, 12 Years a Slave, but then Gravity won Best Director. So I don't really have any yeah. complaints with these. Argo, good film. It's it's more of an attitude change that they need to have towards Oscars. Like Christopher Nolan has directed two of the best films of the past 12, 13 years by, by a country mile, but because it's a superhero flick or it's a sci-fi film, you know, Inception's considered, you know, science fiction. And because it's that, yeah. it's like, oh, it's not about real life. It's not about... Uh, you know, a, a, it's not a, biogra- a biographic film. It's not about a real person. Yeah. Therefore, it's not going to get nominated, no matter how good it is. The same thing happened with things like Fight Club. Fight Club is comfortably the best film of 1999. Yeah. It's comfortably the best film of that year, but because it's, you know, a, you know, it's absolutely bonkers. It's about, you know, it's a, you know, it's a fictional story about a guy with multiple personalities. It's not going to win. Um, yeah. It's... It's nice to see. Um, certain, yeah, certain films from certain genres. I mean, that's that's the reason Get Out didn't win more Oscars is because you almost think they they almost feel like they it's doing well for a horror film to to be recognised at all. If you see what I mean, because that's a genre that just doesn't get a great deal of recognition. Yeah, um, it's nice to see. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's nice to see films like Get Out, you know, getting a bit more recognition. You know, like Best. Um, I think it was original screenplay for Jordan Peele, but it's nice to see Heath Ledger winning Best Supporting Actor for the Joker, and yeah. Joaquin Phoenix winning for um, for the Joker. It's nice to see roles from films like that, um, you know, getting you know more recognition. But nine times out of ten, you know, the person that's going to win Best Actor is you know probably from a, a you know a biograph a biographical film. Renee Zellweger winning for Judy Garland. Yeah, there is still a lot of that, isn't it? I mean, there's there's probably not as many films winning. You know, like Crash was the one that really jumped out in two thousand and five, and I would say in places like the eighties and the nineties, there were a lot more of that kind of film winning. Where you look back and go, "What were they thinking?" There's not many films in the last ten years where you wonder what people were thinking for the best film, yeah. and they've off they've often gone for things that are a bit. Actually, that's not a, a, as safe a film as you might think, you know, to, yes. to have won Best Picture. I think for my two decades, it becomes less clear because we we have a preference to enjoy films like Dark Knight mm-hmm. and Inception and Interstellar, you know, probably wasn't the Best Picture of that year, but it was still a great film that didn't get enough yeah, yeah. recognition. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't have any complaints with Hurt Locker winning Best Picture. Yeah. Bumdog Millionaire is a bit of a weak one, personally, but it's that type of film that's going to win No Country for Old Men, um, the Departed. It's probably the best one that year. Like it's 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 down to more art. Yeah, it, it's not like yeah, it's not like a terrible choice, is it? But we're, we're regarding the acting, though, I, I, they do. You can almost kind of say if someone wants to win an Oscar for the, for their acting, they can kind of look at the parts and know which one's going to win. Do you know what I mean? It's like especially a central character who's like based on a real life person any form of like you know mental illness or physical condition or transformation you know if they have to put on 50 pounds in weight um or lose 50 pounds or you know do something dramatic to play the part you know that kind of gives them they still have that kind of point system that i was talking about for like uh, acting um which you know there are and you still have the situation of like Leonardo DiCaprio. How many how many times does he get nominated and then he gets nominated? You know, finally wins. And interestingly, the one he wins, real life character, character goes through a lot. You know, changes his physical appearance. It's you know, it's kind of like that. You know, that's the one. That's the one, Leo. There you go. Yeah, and that's what I think. That's what we're going to find that it is getting better. But we're still going to have a knock on effect. Like Amy Adams is going to win a year that you know, say should have gone to Cynthia Erivo for. Um, 
you know, yeah. one for Harriet Tubman, and then she does another film. Amy Adams is going to win because she's done a film that's not as good as the other performances, but it's Amy Adams, so we should probably give her an offer. Yeah, you, you still have those things, don't you, where people win because it's about time they won one, and then someone else who's given the performance of their life and might not get another chance gets overlooked. That's happened a few times, hasn't it? Although saying that, they've got better with that in the sense that Emma Stone won an Oscar, which was that her first Best Actress nomination? Um, I what think she might have got a supporting actress nomination in the past. So Birdman, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah. Olivia Coleman winning for the favorite that was her first nomination that was it was right for the deserved um so I think we're finding less that hopefully there's going to be less sort of catch up with it um yeah I mean there's you know you're, there's offsetting there's the catch up but then again Olivia Coleman played the Queen of England real life character um yeah a lot of physical and mental kind of stuff for a character to go through um on the other hand the favorite was a although it's a costume drama, there's a lot quite avant-garde about it and quite sort of uh, unnerving and strange about it. So we can't complain too much that it got a lot of recognition. Who directed that again? Was that the same director as Lobster? Am I making that up? Yeah, that's the same guy. His name's something like uh, Horgos Lanthios or something. Uh, Yorgos Lanthanos, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's make, he makes films like that. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, well, I wouldn't call it kooky, but that's his genre, if you know what I mean? He makes films like that that are they're not... They're funny, but they're kind of irreverent, I want to say. You know what I mean? Um, they're a very strange type of film. Lobster was mental. I did enjoy it, though. Um, but it, like like we said, it is nice to see films like that getting appreciation because they are good films and deserve, you know, the, um, yeah. the appreciation that they get. Yeah, I mean, definitely. If, you, if you're going to complain that sort of very safe and conventional films tended to win, which I think was one of the biggest criticisms of the 80s and definitely the 90s, it's nice to see someone who's coming way out of left field like that. Um, because, I mean, I know that, that, you know, the historical costume drama is the one that you'll always get attention for, but he's still, he's still stuck to his guns and made a really kind of wild and weird film. And that's great that it got recognised. Yeah. If we, um, compare, so, if, sorry, if we were to compare our two decades side by side, I think we could probably agree that the 80s and 90s were worse than the noughties and 2010s. Um, yeah. But... We do have Chicago, um, Twelve Years a Slave, not winning Best Director, and Gravity cleaning up. That's not a bad. That's not a bad year to be fair. We do have Chicago. We have Crash. We have Inception and Dark Knight not winning for what they should have. We have um, The Departed winning for Best Picture, which just highlight that highlights all the problems from you know possibly your decades in the seventies. So I think yeah. our kind of are my decades kind of highlight the problems with your decades? So I think that probably makes sure. Uh, yeah, right. I, I think I think we've had a couple of decades of gradually putting a few things right, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I was when I was looking at these decades, I thought that in the last ten years they've started to get a bit better. I mean, I will say, and let's not, you know, we could we 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 we, we covered a lot of ground in those previous ones. Uh, we, yeah. we discussed it enough, but looking back, if if you if you look at the seventies, the seventies has you know. A, apart from a couple of years, tended to be really good. It felt like the voters were a lot more in in line with what you know history regards as the best film. More often, uh, the 70s is still a high watermark, but I thought the 2010s, on the whole, were quite good. Yeah. Um, so carry on, sir. So I was going to suggest that we move on now, unless you have got any other like decade coverage to do uh, that we might get, put down some nominations. What we would say the worst Oscar winners are? Anything that jumps out? Um. Ordinary people be- beating um, was it Raiders? Uh, it, it beat Raging Bull. Raging Bull, that's what it beat out. 
uh, regional yeah. readers. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? I mean, what, what I would say is, while while that's a great injustice, I still think the worst winner of that particular award in recent years is Shakespeare in Love. That's the most undeserving film to win Best Picture. Chicago's pretty crap, isn't it? Chicago is crap. Yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, that, that stands out. I mean, there are people who love musicals and... The, the the other thing is is that Chicago was a Bob Fosse musical originally, and Bob Fosse was one of those you know he's kind of really such a highly regarded uh, director of musicals that it it almost it couldn't not win in a way. Um, but yeah, I I didn't think that was the best film by by a long stretch. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down my shortlist of what I think the the most un, the worst Oscar winners, regardless of who else was on the ballot that year. Um, Stevie Wonder winning a Best Song Oscar for I Just Called to Say I Love You. <laughs> Um, I, that that really blows my mind. I know we talked about um, if a film's doing really well at the Oscars, they tend to get a bunch of other the awards thrown at them as well, regardless of quality, whether it's costumes or editing and stuff. And sometimes that happens to best song. But that film, it's called The Woman in Red, and it didn't wasn't even nominated for anything else. But out of the blue, they they decided, oh yeah, Stevie, uh, you know we, we've you know <laughs> all these amazing songs that he's done. They decide to throw throw him an award for that, which is by far his worst song. Yeah. Um... It is hard to look past Rocky winning Best Picture. That is, yeah, I mean, I that sticks out. It's a great series, and I will watch it, and I like the Creed films. They're enjoyable to watch, but Raging Bull, not Raging Bull, sorry, I'm mixing up my Scorsese films. Taxi Driver is a much better film. Than yeah, and yeah, and uh, The Outlaw Josie Wells came out that year as well. I mean, the, these are de- the 70s are decades, we have strong decades for some of the great auteurs, and you think Rocky, really? Um, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. It, it seems churlish when she's the only um, woman of colour or sort of African-American woman to win a Best Actress, but Halle Berry winning Best Actress is not really that well-deserved. I know she was quite good in that film, but it's, you know, we'll come to injustices and snubs, but it, it is weird that she's the only black woman uh, to have won Best Actress in history still. I, I, I'm trying to break, rack my brain for um, a best actress that was a person of colour, but it is Halle Berry, isn't it? And that's it. Yeah, there's been a, there's been a few um, uh, best supporting actress winners, Viola but no one else. Viola. Yeah, and it's not like they haven't given any good performances either. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow winning best actress for Shakespeare in Love when all she did was put on an English accent. It's kind of uh, irritating as well. Uh, you know, leaving aside the injustice of. You know, Kate Blanchett um, did Elizabeth that year as well. This is fucking hell. With a better English acting, yeah. Uh, yes. And played played the, the same queen that Judy Dench won Best Sporting Actress for in a much better yeah. fact, yeah. But, I know, it's weird. It's, oh, yeah, let's give the actress to the woman who played Queen Elizabeth. No, the other one. Yeah, not the one that played uh, it for eight minutes, the one that played it for two hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's great that Judy Dench has got an Oscar, but she, she could easily have won for some other things as well. Um, Avatar winning Best Cinematography for a 100% computer animated film. That was yeah. weird. But where, where did they put the camera to win Best Cinematography? Um, so those are my worst. I just, you know, uh, can't see past those. I don't know if you've got any other worse ones. Um, see, I feel I feel bad for a lot of my, my worst ones. Not bad in the sense that I just, I really like Chris Van Olen as a director, and I feel like Inception is his masterpiece. And it lost to, what did it lose to? The King's Speech. Yeah, fuck off. Like Tom Hooper made Cats, so you know anything he's made. Can we can can that be a thing? If he made Cats, his Oscars can be rescinded. We can afford. <laughs> you could take his Oscar off him. <laughs> that should be a thing. Because then that would maybe that would maybe you know 
like warn people that if they make a bad film as bad as Cats was that, that you know th there could be repercussions for that because that and even then the King's Speech isn't better than Inception but I understand why they, no, by no stretch by no stretch you're still seeing yeah. you're still seeing the whole attitude towards real life films yeah. winning as opposed to the best one of that year they're just giving it to the film that's going to win you know yeah um, I feel bad for um, Apocalypse now I feel like that didn't win enough Oscars when it should have. It won um, Cinematography and Sound. And I thought it was the best picture of 1979. Um, yeah, well, the best winner of Best Picture Oscar winner that year was Kramer versus Kramer. Again, that's a good film, but it's not Apoc Apocalypse Now is better. But again, are you going to pick the film about that's got Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep, about, you know, a, 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 kind of like a real life family divorce kind of thing? Um, not many, not many Oscar voters um, went up a, a river in Vietnam in a boat, but I bet you a lot of them went through a divorce and a custody battle. Yeah, um, which is kind of it makes it valid for someone to do a film like Kramer vs. Kramer, right? Because it's about real life and stuff that people go through. But Apocalypse Now was a, a, a stunning film. Yeah, um, but I think the worst one it probably has to be Shakespeare in Love or Chicago, especially when you compare it to the films that came out that year. Yeah, Shakespeare in Love, Love, sorry, should not be beating. Uh, saving Private Ride, the best picture. First. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know we discussed it, but you say it out loud like that, and it still takes me aback. Yes. I just, I just right. don't get it. They, they, they had actual war veterans from the D-Day landings watch that film. They said that's it was, it was the most. That, that's film. that's what it was yeah, like. That's yeah, it was like that's the most accurate portrayal. And they gave it the fucking Shakespeare in Love, which is it feels almost satirical. It's that bad. Yeah, um, I don't know what they were thinking. Chicago winning but, the best picture when the penis came out that year. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of leading into Oscar snubs and injustices now, aren't we? Because we're not we're not just talking about the worst foot winners, because that's almost a bit harsh on on you know an individual. But yeah. there are times you can look back and things and say certain there was some, there's been some great injustices. Now we talked about the color purple. Um, it's just Spielberg was almost punished for daring to make a film that's not his usual type of film. Yeah. And there was a lot of snobbery about Spielberg back then. But what it meant was there was a bunch of great acting roles for black actors that, you know, even now you don't get that many. Whoopi Goldberg gave a career best performance. Oprah Winfrey gave a really good performance, by the way. Um, and what sort of lesson is it that you don't, that the Colour Purple wins no Oscars and the best, best picture of that year goes to a film essentially about rich white people poncing about in Africa? It's just, <laughs> that is not right. Yeah, that. Um, we've talked about Taxi Driver and you know and do the right thing films that you know and basically Martin Scorsese Martin Scorsese has been ill-treated by the Oscars and 2006 was like the year big apology year really it was like sorry sorry Martin have an award yeah you, you find that and I feel like if Ridley Scott makes another great film that, but not, maybe not another great film because nothing will be as good as Alien or Gladiator or Blade Runner personally yeah but he'll make another film that is excellent. Or even The Duelist. The Duelist doesn't get spoken about enough. The Duelist is an awesome film. Yes, it is. Um, it's funny that you should mention that. I'm covering that in my Hidden Gems if, this month. If you'd think Ridley Scott was going to win an Oscar for Best Director, that's got to be up there. It's about two guys who've dueled each other for 25 years. Um, that, but that's a classic example. That's his debut film, and a lot of people will have gone, oh, I'll I've got my eye. I shall be watching your career with interest, Young Jedi, kind of thing. And, you know, and then they'll they'll watch and, and learn. And, but the thing is, he did plenty of other things after that. Unfortunately, Alien, 
I mean, we talk about genre films struggling to get recognition now. I mean, they just got nowhere back then. So Alien had no chance. Um, Blade Runner was compromised on, on release, and it is it is odd that Gladiator absolutely cleaned up at the at the Oscars, but they didn't think that he'd done you know the best job of directing it. Again, we talked about that, but yeah, that's another one. I mean. In terms of in terms of directors who've been ill-treated, Alfred Hitchcock never won anything. Yeah, he only won as a producer for Rebecca, didn't he? I'm not I'm not sure he actually was classed as the producer. Was he? I quickly looked. No, because I mean the nineteen the nineteen forties was like the the producer had more power than the director, and I, I think the producer was uh, Selznick, and 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 Hitchcock would not have got producer credit, unlike his later pictures where he was always the producer. Um, so yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have got the credit for having directed the best film in that sense. And Vertigo didn't even get any nominations, which is shocking. That is wild. Um, and David Fincher. I don't know what David Fincher has to do to win an Oscar. Well, to be honest, I'd, I'd be putting Christopher Nolan above David Fincher. Hitchcock. Hitchcock's a bit, you know, a bit late now, seeing as he has passed away. Mm. The, the direct two directors that you know we've just discussed. Two of them are still living, and Christopher Nolan's got to win an Oscar above both. Surely, like, above as much as I like David Fincher. You know, Christopher Nolan has made some electric films, and the only time he gets when he does Dunkirk. Yeah, it's again, they, you've got to do a certain type of film almost. It's got to be more weighty and, and worthy. So it's a war film, you know, a period, a war film set in, 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 the, in the historical period because a, a hugely inventive uh, modern, you know, piece because it's got sci fi aspects to it. I know that's not for us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I want Sergio, Le- Sergio Leone was was ill treated. I mean, but th- I mean, three contemporary directors who, in other circumstances, would be you know getting showered with awards. And I still, I'm not sure quite why they're not. Spike Lee, Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. They're not. You can't accuse their films of just pandering to the multiplexes, but they haven't got the credit for direction that they deserve either. Yeah, um, I feel like the, the directors you've named though are they make a they make a specific type of film and they don't like making films. That will pander to the masses. Because I yeah. see Black Klansman getting nominated, but yeah. that's in 2018, you know, when, you know, he made, you know, what, what film did we do? Do the right thing? No. Yeah, do the right do thing the- was, you know, very harsh street. Malcolm X, not even nominated for best, best film or best director. And oh. without, I know I'm going to get accused of playing a race card, but in what way does Malcolm X differ from something like Gandhi? Or, or Darkest Hour um, in terms of playing a great and interesting and complex and important character in a brilliantly made film. But funny how the... I know I know Malcolm X is controversial, but that film does everything a, a film normally needs to do to win a ton of Oscars. And you always wonder, because it's Spike Lee and he's a bit outspoken, because it's a black central character, it just doesn't get the same recognition. Well, yeah, and it's also... Gandhi happened in India. You know, the events of Gandhi happened in India, whereas the events of Malcolm X happened in America. And it makes, you know, it makes a typically whitewashed industry and award ceremony in the Oscars look at themselves kind of thing. Well, this happened in our country. I, I don't know if that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We talk, yeah, we talked about that, that Scorsese's problem as well, is that, you know, the, uh, the Oscar voters don't like to be made uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, other snubs. I want to talk about um, Tom Hardy. Um, I... I enjoyed his performance in The Revenant, but he's also done some performances that just haven't received any recognition. I think he's a good shout for Capone because um, it looks like he's taking that quite seriously. But have you seen Have you seen Bronson? Uh no, but I've I've heard I've well, heard a lot about it. If If you watch it, you, it's a it's a great performance. It's an incredible performance. I just I think maybe it's just too 
indie, not indie in the sense that it's just it's a small made small budget British film about a a British prisoner that's only notorious to some people, but it's an incredible yeah. performance. Um, what else have you seen? Have you seen Locke? Yes, he's amazing in that. Amazing in that. Um, have you seen uh, Legend, where he plays both Reggie and Ronnie Cray? Uh, no, I haven't. Again, um, really- I, I mean, I, sh- I should watch it. I've got a really low tolerance for Cockney gangster films, but I know that won't be like the the dodgy Cockney gangster films. Yeah, I mean, again. I'll I, I tell you that your problem right there is he's played three brilliant parts there, but the only British films that anyone seems to like internationally are ones of you know royalty costume dramas set in stately homes. If he if he plays a character like that and he's wearing an Elizabethan ruff <laughs> and a codpiece, or he has to play Al Capone, you know. <laughs> yeah, Capone Capone might do yeah because they seem to have more tolerance for like American crime based dramas. So maybe that Capone came. Up, I don't know what they're going to do for the Oscars this year. I mean, I suppose they have to have Oscars, but they, they have some weird rules about the Oscars normally about getting a theatrical release and, you know, no, yeah. And, and if they go straight onto Netflix or on, if they go onto Netflix too soon, they're, they're not considered, which if you remember Beast of No Nation, that was snubbed by the Oscars for exactly that reason. I don't know what they're going to do this year because if they don't, if they don't have a, if they don't have an, an open mind about what, 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 what is classed as a, um, a, a, an Oscar worthy or sort of um, qualifying film, they're going to have nothing to nominate. Yeah. Um, well, the last film I saw in the cinema was 1917, and that Oscar ceremony has passed. So there's going to be an, there's going to be a spate of films that haven't been nominated. Is there any rules about um, the fact that they've released Hamilton on Disney Plus as a film, or will that not count? Because it's still no, it won't, it, it won't count. I mean, it's probably. It's probably up for like things like Golden Globes and Emmys because I think they class. I mean, they class Netflix and Amazon as as television, yeah. don't they? So they, they might qualify it as like a best kind of theatre production released on television. That there's, so, I'm not, I don't know those categories as well. I, I don't think that'll count as a cinema release though. Well, it's a bit of a stupid rule, and you've seen Netflix originals win, you know, hefty Oscars. Roma won Best Director, and Marriage Story won a couple. I know it won Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, yeah. The Lord did. So it's a bit of a stupid rule. If you make a film, it doesn't matter how you watch it, and it's yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is. It is yeah, it is a weird. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have an entire year of snubs where we basically have the yeah, I mean, year of twenty twenty as a snub because those films just don't get nominated. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no Oscars. Yeah, that that, that will be, it will be a strange one. If we can talk about actors, we talked about Amy Adams not winning yet. Although you know there is time to correct that. Yeah, Peter O'Toole and Richard Burton never won Best Actor. Yeah, um, Peter O'Toole is unfortunate that his greatest ever performance coincided with uh, Gregory Peck. You know, just getting the you know the almost the, the best it's not. He was great. He was great in that, but it was almost like, oh, we love we love Gregory Peck, and he's playing the father of our nation. Almost, he, he wins that. Um, uh, Richard Burton was very unfortunate not to win because he, you know, I mean, he's one of those people. He's you know, almost you know the, the British Brando, but not um, not recognised. Glenn Close has never won an um, Best Actress, which is um, you know, seven nominations have never won anything. You'd hope there's still time, but she's not won it yet. Yeah. Um, did Peter Sellers ever win an Oscar? No. Yeah, I mean that's mental. He's incredible. In I mean, I mean, yeah, co- comedy. I think comedy is generally undervalued um, at, at award ceremony, and which is surprising because the number of the number of serious dramatic actors who you you know you, you wouldn't trust to do a comedy. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one of those things. Um, I'm gonna some some big sort of acting snubs. Angela Bassett in 1993 should have won for playing Tina Turner. Yeah. Um, 
Sigourney Weaver has never won an Oscar. Um, she's been a bit unfortunate. That you, you get the feeling that one of these days, some the, a chance for a supporting actress consolation prize will come her way. I think Emily Watson's been unlucky because she's made some amazing films and not been recognised for it. Uh, Rafe finds missing out to Tommy Lee Jones for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, he played um, uh, the Nazi commandant in uh, Schindler's List, and Tommy Lee Jones was in The Fugitive. I, I still don't get The Fugitive being nominated for Oscars. That's that's mad. Yeah, um, I, I, I hate to, I hate to bring it up again, but <laughs> Rocky beat Network in 1976. Yeah, no, I mean 1976 is not a weak year. Do you know what I mean? There are years <laughs> where you think, oh, not that many great great films came out, but 1976 was like laden down with great films. Right. You could you could imagine if they did the, if the modern approach to Oscars now in, in 1976, that'd have been here's a couple for Taxi Driver, here's a couple for Network. Here's a couple for Outlaw Josie Wells. Do you know what I mean? That kind of give everyone a few. Yeah. But Rocky, Jesus Christ. Um, best director as well. You're fucking kidding. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, must, must, have been, must have been all those boxing fans who, who thought it was really realistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I tell you, I'm in another snub here and I'm kind of creeping into, I mean, we talked about Eternal Sunshine and Spotless, Spotless Mind. I think that deserved more, but... Um, as well as Malcolm X not even being nominated for Best Picture, I think Straight Outta Compton was um, uh, harshly treated. Yeah. Um, and and the, 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 the thing that they're trying to change now is they're trying to get more and younger voters into the Oscars because I think there's a lot of 65-year-olds who've never listened to hip-hop. And of course, they, they don't give anything to Straight Outta Compton because even though Straight Outta Compton... Straight Outta Compton is not a perfect film, but it's the, it's the perfect music biopic, the sort of thing that normally does well, Yeah. And if that had been about the Eagles, that would have won some awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and that's more, there's probably more of an age thing than a race thing. That is just a case of, you know, you know, the, the, the people that are voting on that, you know, are listening to different, you know, radio stations, really. Well, like you said, it's voting um, pre- a preference. And a lot of these people that are voting, uh, voting for it are, you know, middle-aged to elderly white men about, you know, a film like Strayer Compton, which is just something that they're never going to, and it's voted on preference. Well, Strayer Compton is not going to meet anyone's preference. Um, when you're looking, yeah. When you when you're bracketing it, or you're, you know, it's decided by that voting. Method. Yeah, but if if we are going to talk about sort of uh, how it's been harder for ethnic minor women and ethnic minorities to do well, um, you know, not many women have won Best Director. Not many women get to direct the big films, um, and Oscars tend to go for like the, the slightly larger films. I think Lynn Ramsey was absolutely robbed a couple of times for Best Director. Um, here's here's a here's a worrying statistic more white actresses have won oscars for portraying east asian characters in yellow face than east asian actual actresses have won awards at the oscars that's a bit scary isn't it that's just not and 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 i know that's going back to like the 30s 40s and 50s when we know things are a lot more racist than they are now but you know when films do come out that have got some great performances in like um uh, crazy rich asians or uh that What's that Jennifer Lopez film about the, the dancers called Hustler or something like that? Hustlers? Maybe. I don't know. I've not seen it. Yeah. I mean, there were some great performances in that, you know, and it's, you know, that, that's that's something that's that long overdue. Yeah. I think Steve McQueen was very unfortunate not to win Best Director, but um, again, I think that was that. It's probably not. That's probably not anything to do with race, to be honest. But you know, <laughs> how many how many how many black women have, have given the performance of their life and not been recognised as best actress? I mean, the ones that spring to mind for me are talked about Angela Bassett, Diana Ross playing Billie Holiday. The only actress to win Best Actress at the Oscars is Halle Berry. I mean, something is not quite right there. Person of colour, yeah. It's... Yeah, Pam, Pam Greer, Jackie Brown, you know, 
that's just not, <laughs> that's just not right. See, that's another discussion in itself. Because there's always there's so many different types of discussions that are had related to people of color to women women in general, regardless of skin color. And you have it all the time. It's like let's make James Bond a woman kind of thing. Now, while I disagree with that sentiment, um, because James Bond is a character written as a man, and I just think it's a bit stupid to just kind of shoehorn it in as a female character. But my my argument would be, well, let's have more films about female spies. But the point is, those films don't get made because they're just seeing yeah. no interest from studios to make those films. I'd I'd love to see a film about you know a badass spy, I, you know, about a woman, you know. A, a yeah, I mean, and, and when and when it when it's done well, it's worth watching. Um, Charlize Theron was in that. Um, what the hell's it called? Atomic Blonde, yeah, that was pretty good. Although not, not, I don't think it's going to sustain a whole franchise or anything. But you know, that that was pretty good. I quite, I enjoyed um, Rebecca Ferguson in um, the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah, she's really good in that. And again, if if you, you, I think you, I think you would agree that if someone were to make a film where there is a a a female spy heading it up and a an, an interesting male sidekick that's not going to get you know top of the line money is it and well sometimes they're a hit and sometimes they're a miss as well you know Rebecca yeah. Ferguson and Charlie Theron were good but you know you also get you know for every film like that you also get films that you know kind of miss well I had it at the tip of my tongue and I've completely forgotten it but it's it's nice to see so that's it uh, that Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence is that what it was called Red Sparrow I wasn't a big yeah. fan of it. It was it wasn't great with people, but it's nice to see those films being made anyway because you know a female protagonist to Yeah, it's it's look, it's a numbers game, isn't it? The the more films like that people have a go or are open to making, the more of them will be good, right? Yeah. I just it's just there's a there's a problem. There's there's an attitude change that needs to happen, you know, it's you know, straight out of Compton isn't gonna win yeah. but it isn't gonna win as many Oscars because it's a film about, you know, black rappers and the, the you know, the race experience in the music industry and from the police. So yeah. It's it's just one of the it's one of those things where, you know, they don't like being reminded and like you said, they don't like being made uncomfortable. And those are the things yeah. that make make them uncomfortable, you know. It's weird that it's weird that Twelve Years of Slave actually won Best Picture because while it was while it was hands down the best film of that year. It does. It makes them look at themselves, you know, because that happened, you know, only 160, 170 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Slavery was only abolished 155 years ago, and there's yeah. there's still racism today. And it, it, it's it's actually quite quite odd that, that film won Best Picture. It deserved to, but it's a film that should be making the Academy very uncomfortable. You know, there's there's a few discussions of this, and I'll, I'll take them with a pinch of salt because some of it came out with the American media. Um, uh, you know what? You know one of the people who criticised Twelve Years a Slave. This it never fails to make me laugh. Fox News criticised Twelve Years a Slave for quote focusing on the negative aspects of slavery. Yes, um, <laughs> but um, <Point> <laughs> but the, 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 there is a suggestion that maybe not not everyone watched the film. But I think there's a lot of voters who don't always see every film. But they they saw Twelve Years a Slave was on the list, knew what it was about, and heard the reviews were great, and voted for it. Um, but look, I think sometimes you just better not look a gift horse in the mouth. I think it's great that it won; it deserved to win. And, no, you know, it's uh, um, I, there, Oscars have some other. You know, we, we talked about you know, you know women minorities. You, you would expect that to change, right? Yeah, you know, the, the you know, Spike Lee, I think, is a member of the Academy now. Denzel Washington's member of the Academy. That's only that's only going to increase. So over time, you hope that's going to get better. Um, they do have some odd blind spots. They, they. I mean, we talked a lot about music. They don't seem to get the music right. Um, you know, yeah. Randy Newman 
was nominated for best song 16 times before he won best song which is even worse than you know roger deacon's taking 14 nominations to win best cinematography yeah but you know sam smith turns up with what is you know clearly a shit bomb theme and he he, he won an oscar for best song yeah and he absolutely butchered his acceptance speech by saying he was like the first gay man to win an oscar yeah he was an undeserving winner and he absolutely butchered his acceptance speech so that that will continue to piss yeah and and, and here's here's something i never thought i'd say um uh, Phil Collins is very unfortunate um, in the Oscars one year. Believe it or not, um, uh, the year that um, Stevie Wonder won Best Song is all the more glaring because uh, Phil Collins did it Against All Odds, which was a song for a film back then, and that deserved to win. I think no one gives a shit about Phil Collins failing to win Best Song, but it, it does. They just seem to get the music wrong generally. Johnny Greenwood scores for Paul Thomas Anderson always seem to be like, you know, crossed out because people sit down and go, oh, well, three minutes of one of those tracks was like um, sampled from somewhere else. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm disqualifying the whole thing. Electronic um, film scores just get nowhere. Um, you know, Daft Punk's Tron score was amazing and, you know, no one paid any attention to that at all. They don't seem to get the music side of things at all. Well, Thomas Newman's never won a best, uh, best original score. Yeah, that's a bit glaring. Uh, he did notable, you know, Notable, or notable snubs, I should say. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, American Beauty, which cl- cleaned that year, didn't didn't win best score. Green Mile, Angels in America. Um, what, 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 what are there any glaring ones that he's been nominated for that probably should have won? He's, he's got his own. He's got his own article on Wikipedia. List of awards and nominations received by Thomas Newman. Um, Academy. So nominated for Shawshank Redemption, Little Women, Unstrung Heroes, American Beauty. Road to Perdition, Finding Nemo, Lemony Snicket, Series of Unfortunate Events, The Good German, Wally, Skyfall, Saving Mr. Banks, Bridge of Spies, Passengers, 1970. I'm lucky to not win there. Um, um, I thought, I mean, although we talked about American Beauty being a bit overrated, I thought his score for American Beauty was was really good as well. Um, yeah. he, you know, deserves something then. He... Um, yeah, it's it, it is it is strange. Well, it's it's strange because they seem to have given about fifteen to Alexander Depla in the past, you know, twenty years for scores that he probably didn't deserve to win for. It's it's mental that they they seem to hand them out to the same, um, the same people. Uh, John Williams has been nominated fifty odd fifty two times, um, and won five, which is a bit of a travesty. And I, think won even for the I, I I do think I do think they get they they do look at it sometimes and say if someone's already won people are less likely to 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 vote them again or especially if they've already won quite a few times i think sometimes we go oh he's already got one let's give it to someone who's not already got one and you know that seems a bit it seems a bit weird to criticize them for that when we've said that you know sometimes they they haven't given the the, the award to the the best person because they you know they um uh they're expecting them to, to come back again but yeah sometimes i think you know john williams how weird would it be if John Williams won over and over and over again with people going, oh, we're, we're sick of him now, do you know what I mean? Well, you're, it took 14 nominations for um, Roger Deakins to win Best Cinematography, and was that for Blade Runner 2049? Yes, it was, yeah. I mean, he's done some absolutely stunning stuff like the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, but I, I, think, I think generally um, cinematography is, is something that um, I, I can't say I fully understand it, but there are people in the industry who don't seem to give a shit what cinematography is, and they just give it to whoever. It's almost, it's like, like that's one of those awards, it's just a lottery. Yeah, just the film that looks pretty, so that's why Avatar won, and that's, well, listen to this, Emmanuel Lubezki, if I'm correctly, won, won it three years in a row. You're telling me 
Roger Deakins watched him win it three years in a row, wait till twenty nineteen to win his. Yeah, I mean the thing the things that haven't won. Uh, I mean the, the cinematography in Blade Runner is absolutely second to none. But that, I mean I don't think that was even nominated. Uh, the late Jordan Cronenworth, his his son by the way does all um, uh, David Fincher's films now. He you know okay. never won never won anything. I mean the awards and nominations for. Um, in fact, don't even look at the nominations for uh, uh, Roger Deakins. Just look at his uh, cinematography. The, the things that he did. You know, Stormy Monday, uh, he manages to make uh, Newcastle look like uh, Los Angeles in the in the nineteen forties. is stunning. Nineteen eighty four, his cinematography was amazing for that. You know, Barton Fink for the Coen Brothers. Um, you know, Shawshank, Fargo, no, uh, Kun, Kundun for Scorsese. I mean, he, there's nothing the guy can't do. True Grit, um, Skyfall, Prisoner. I quite like Prisoner's uh, cinematography. It had a. It, he's very good at giving the. It, it, if the director needs a certain color palette, he's really good at that, isn't he? Like saying, right, everything's going to be kind of slightly gray or everything's going to be, you know, uh, dark or light. He's just, it's almost like he controls the weather. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's done amazing stuff. And you just think when he, when he won it, everyone just went, oh, finally, because it's just embarrassing now. I mean, Blade Runner 24, uh, 24 looks absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a deserved winner of a cinematography Oscar, but you just wonder what, why it took them almost 40 years. <laughs> award and for that that's a definite case of we better give him an oscar now because we haven't given him yet yeah yeah um so in terms of injustices uh leaving that aside for a second i i have some nominations for people who won oscars for the wrong thing yeah uh, and we, we talked about Scorsese for um departed instead of everything else he ever did we talked about pacino for winning scent of a woman instead of he even did a better film that year. I mean, Glengarry Glenn Ross came out the same year as Scent of a Woman, and that, that could have won an Oscar. But, you know, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, Godfather 1 and 2, all of these things, and he wins it for playing a shouty blind guy. That's mind-blowing. Um, that's probably the most clear one. Um, I mean, you already talked about Denzel winning for Training Day instead of Malcolm X or a number of other things he did. That, that probably sticks out a bit as well. Ennio Morricone winning for The Hateful Eight. Yes. There's just, there's so many to, to pick from. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about Danny Boyle winning for Slumdog instead of Train Spotting, although, you know, Train Spotting's not going to win. Um, you know, while, while the sun goes up and down, uh, Train Spotting's not going to win Oscars. Um, Kate Blanchett winning for anything other than Elizabeth. Again, these, a lot of these are apology Oscars. She is really good in Blue Jasmine, to be fair. To be fair, very good in Blue. Yeah, yeah. Again, but it's like, but it, there comes a point where you say, look, Kate, we're really sorry. Just make a film. We promise you'll win an award this time. Yeah. Um, Jack Lemon won for, you know, a, a film called Save the Tiger, which is okay. But, you know, things like The Apartment and Some Like It Hot and a, a bunch of other amazing performances he's given. Um, Shirley MacLaine wins for Terms of Endearment, again, because it's that kind of film. Um, but you look at some of the performances that she gave over the years, including The Apartment, and you just think, how did it take like 25 years for them to finally realise that Shirley MacLaine's, uh, you know, trophy cabinet was a bit empty? Yeah, it's, it's weird ones because if they hadn't given the best actor Oscar to Marlon Brando for The Godfather and given it to Al Pacino, then Marlon Brando still won Oscars for On the Waterfront, which is 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 his best performance. I don't know why they they insisted on giving it for The Godfather. I I think he was unlucky to not win for. Um, Playing Stanley Kowalski in Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, I I have very little um, problem with that argument. He Marlon Brando is one of those people who, who he did things almost nobody else could do. You know his performances were 
on form no, no one else could touch him and again it was a case of what does he win for again we talk about rewarding people for the wrong thing what what we rewarded him for was you know uh, pu- putting cotton wool in his mouth so he so, and mumbling and 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 shaving back his hairline you know and de niro you know I'm, de, raging bulls an amazing performance but i don't think it's an, an accident that the, the one he wins for is the one where he puts on a lot of weight to look right for the character because it's almost like it's easier for people to get ahead, get their head around Oh, that 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 involved some acting. Whereas somebody walks in and looks the same as they always do, but gives a very beautifully nuanced performance, isn't going to get the same credit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree. But if if you look at what people win for, I mean, who, what they lost to for Oscars, you know, there's the the game six degrees of separation, and there's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, we could probably invent our own game of the reasons why someone won the Oscar they did because because of someone winning that year. X lost to Y, Y lost to Z, yeah. Z lost to, and 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 you actually realise that the, the reason all yeah. of these other inappropriate Oscars were awarded was because well, it, back in 1968 someone made a terrible decision. Humphrey Bogart beat um, Marlon Band Brando for Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah, uh, Humphrey Bogart for The African Queen. Yes, and that's that was a very sentimental win when he probably deserved to win Oscars for for things he'd done yeah. before, and 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 they went, oh, sorry, here you go, here you go, Humphrey. Um, did was that Humphrey Bogart's only Oscar win? Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, Probably. even though he, he he deserved something for things like um, uh, you know, the, the Big Sleep, but no one was giving Detective Stories Oscars back then, or the Kane Mutiny. He he did some amazing stuff, and finally they went. It's about time, really. I think Casablanca deserved a share as well. So yeah, and then because Marlon Brando wins for The Godfather, Al Pacino doesn't win. Al Pacino then wins for Scent of a Woman. <laughs> I just wonder how, yeah. wonder how far you could take it. It's very, it's very contrived and tenuous, but it's um... no. You could do it. Denzel doesn't win for um, doesn't win for Malcolm X, so he wins for Training Day. Yeah, who who did we have that year? When was Training Day? Two thousand and two thousand and one. Yeah, who did he beat out that year? Muhammad Ali, Will Smith for Muhammad Ali. Will Smith for <laughs> Ali. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, so and eventually, fortunately, that I, I, ends I, there know, because Will Smith has never put another performance like that. Um, apart, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart it from it after, dies out eventually, doesn't it? He was really good in Africa. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, have you seen that? The film that um, Shy- um, Night Shyamalan did, uh, where he didn't attach his name to the film. It's the one where Jaden Smith is in it, and Will Smith uh, is his dad. And um, Shy- um, which one? Another, and was that called Another Earth After or Earth. After Earth? Yeah. yeah. So uh, he refused to put his name to it because the new people wouldn't go and see it, and then it turned out to be terrible. And then it was like, wait, who directed this? And then it was M Night Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> which is true because he's had a bit of a bit of a comeback with um, not Glass, the other one. Split, split. That was really good. Um, he's, he, he, yeah, I think he's, um, yeah, belatedly. Although there's plenty of time for him to carry on doing it, he's almost kind of created a, uh, like a film universe that he can operate in. You know? Yeah, I, I didn't mind glass. Anyway, we're, we're by the by um, with that discussion. But yeah, there, there's, it's almost like a yeah, definitely. I think you could play like a, you could play a game. So pick a pick an injustice, and then and then you can trace it back to a mistake that got made previously. You can certainly trace that back to, uh, you know, like Scorsese, all the things that Scorsese didn't win. Well, yeah, and then bonus points if it goes on for as long as it did. So Humphrey Bogart yeah. won that in 1951, and that meant that Al Pacino didn't win his best actor until 1990... of a woman? 92, yeah, yeah. So a, a butterfly flaps its wings, and 30 years later... Um, uh, so... W- w- what caused Gwyneth Paltrow then? Let's have a look. Yeah. What happened there? Well, that, that was <laughs> about twenty-two years because. Um, yeah, yeah. But so if it's nineteen fifty-one and then 
did Malcolm X come out in 1992? Yes. Then Malcolm, so that, that's from Humphrey Bogart <laughs> to, uh, to Marlon Brando not winning for that. I mean, Marlon Brando did win for On the Waterfront, but I feel like they, they gave another Oscar to Marlon Brando um, in 1972 for The Godfather. Yeah, it was it was another like... That's... For, for someone who's clearly the best actor of his generation to have a slightly bare... Um, you know, mantelpiece. So it's forty between Scent of a Woman and um, yeah. Street Car Named Desire, um, and then add another eight years on from Will Smith not winning Muhammad Ali because of training. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be one. That's got to be one of the big ones. Roger Deakins is probably up there. Um, but I want yeah. the year that Gwyneth Paltrow won. Did that stop? Did that mean someone didn't win for another? Yeah, Elizabeth. Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's that's eighteen years, isn't it? Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, that's mental. She didn't did she even win the globe? She won the Golden Globe. Everyone she didn't win the BAFTA because the British Academy of Film and Television Arts Awards can tell a good English accent from a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You could probably you could probably find out it's like a knock on effect. It's like um it's like a, a ripple in time. Yeah, I mean, Edward Norton sort of misses out for American History X in favour of Roberto Benigni for Life is Beautiful. <laughs> and, the, and the universe still hasn't put that one right yet, so we'll be watching out for that one. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can feel like something's in the works and he definitely won that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the, it's like the film Dark City where at the end of the night sort of everything turns like clockwork and shifts things around to try and kind of reset things that have happened. This is uh, the, the Oscars, like the Oscar gods will be looking down thinking, all oh, right, what, what can we fix? It's basically like the end of Endgame where they go through time trying to, you know, get the Infinity Stones then try and put them back. In, uh, back yeah, in yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the biggest the biggest one where someone won for something they shouldn't have won for is Al Pacino for Superwoman. Seeing that he could have he could have won an Oscar for a better film that year. He should have won for Serpico. He should have won for um, Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, and, yeah, and Justice for All, Cruising. Although, interestingly, people are starting to look back on Cruising now as a as a really great film, but it was just so controversial when it came out. And it's like um, it's like the electric fence effect. If something's that controversial, no one wants to go near it. You know? Yeah, I can't think of a more glaring one than Al Pacino, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think Gary Oldman was was you know rewarded for the the wrong performance myself because. It's again. He has to put on a lot of weight and have, you know look bald and put on a, a, a really strange voice, or not a really strange voice, but a really different voice from his own. And and that's the one he wins for. When I think that things like Sid and Nancy and other things that he's done over the years, he's um, uh, again it winning. If he's going to win an Oscar, it's going to be for Churchill, not for Joe Orton, the gay playwright. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that that is another one, but. I feel like are we missing one that one is it maybe or it's probably actually Scorsese winning for The Departed. I think that got to be is that up there with Pacino? Yeah, I think so. I mean, The Departed. I wouldn't even put it in his top ten best films. As much as I liked it, and as much yeah. as two thousand and six wasn't an absolutely stonking year, where there were great injustices, other things winning. That you know, the the fact that that that's the one that Scorsese wins for. Um. Is uh, not right. Certainly not right. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are the most glaring ones. Yeah, I mean there are others like you know Morgan Freeman winning for a Million Dollar Baby when that was kind of a bit of a standard performance for him when he could have won for a number of other things like Shawshank Redemption. Does yeah, it doesn't do a Million um, Dollar Baby. 
you know, and Paul Newman winning for the Color of Money again. I feel that was that was the universe putting putting things right. As much as I love the Color of Money, if you're gonna, you, you, they could have given him an Oscar for playing that same character when he did it the first time in The Hustler. <laughs> um, they could have given it to um, you know when he when he was in Cat in the Hot Tin Roof or or HUD. You know, there's a number of like great performances he could have given. Uh, could have won an award for um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, is, yeah, I think we. It's it's not. It's not like his worst performance, The Revenant. Do you know what I mean? It's certainly not as glaring as Pacino. And Whoopi Goldberg winning uh, for playing a, a kooky medium in Ghost instead of her performance in The Color Purple is probably a bit glaring as well. Yeah. So I'm on a I'm on a article right now. They put Morgan Freeman top of this list, and then Al Pacino second for actors who won Oscars for their own film. Same argument. Yeah. Million Dollar Baby for Shawshank. Yeah, I think I think I'm looking at the same website. <laughs> I think you should get about 15 films there. Yeah, the yeah. March Scorsese, they put Rage and Go, Goodfellas Casino, Taxi Driver, The Color of Money. Jack Nicholson saying for as good as it gets, he should have won for Chinatown with The Shining. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jack Nicholson won, you know, has won a couple of Oscars over the years. Um, again, I mean, to be honest, Jack Nicholson, he's retired now, but when he used to kind of, you know, get into top gear, there were very few people who could touch him. Um, but like you say, as good as it gets, you think about what that is. It's a, you know, it's a character with obsessive compulsive disorder. And I think some, like you say, I think the voters go, oh, look at the way he's had to change his walk or, you know, all, all the bits and pieces of his performance. Whereas, you know, only a year later, he did about Schmidt, which that's a much better performance in like a hundred different ways that the way he builds a character, but he builds a character in a way that Oscar just doesn't recognize because he didn't add, you know, put on or lose a lot of weight. He didn't change his hairline. He didn't put on like tons of makeup to look different uh, or have a disability or play a, you know, real life character. They, they just, you know, there's certain things that the Oscars reward, reward people for, don't they? Yeah. There's a few, there's a few on this list. Um, Kate wins it for the reader when she should have won for eternal sunshine in the spotless mind, which you've been, yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd go along with that. James James Wayne John Wayne for uh, True Grit when he should have won for the man who shot Liberty Valance the Quiet Man Red River. Yeah, I mean, look, John, John oh, Wayne should be winning a fucking Oscar. I'm sorry. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think the world would have you know would would be crying out and saying that a great actor didn't get their due if he hadn't ever won any Oscars. To be honest, as much as he's a great film star and everything at what he did, it's sort of reminiscent of Tom Cruise. Well, they're two totally different actors, whereas you know John Wayne is a guy who's completely associated with the Western and Tom Cruise is like, if he's mad at if Tom Cruise mm. you know dies without winning an Oscar I won't say it's an injustice because he's not really been what's he, what's he been nominated for uh, Jerry Maguire maybe born on the 4th of July perhaps yeah but that, those, that, that wasn't the best performance that year so. I I, I reckon like they the, I reckon they might be, do a bit of a Paul Newman with him. I reckon when he's in his mid sixties and he and he you know and he's not doing his big starring performances anymore, although he's probably still fucking jumping off buildings when he's sixty five, isn't he? Because he's Tom Cruise. But he might he might come back and do a bit of one of those elegiac like late career performances that people throw awards at because you know just because you know. Well, it's scary that Tom Cruise's mid sixties are about five years away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I know, fucking hell. The guy can still run, can't he? Yeah. Uh, Susan Sarandon's on this list for, she won for Dead Man Walking, but this argues Thelma and Louise. I yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't complain about that. Your skills are fading with age, Miss Sarandon. <laughs> you will die a peasant's death. <laughs> she should have won an Oscar for that. She isn't even in it. <laughs> <laughs>
that's all for this month's special edition of Double Reel. I think it's safe to say we gave that topic an extensive airing. Thanks to those dedicated listeners who tuned in for this director's cut of the discussion, and my thanks as always to James Adamson for his contributions. The episode was recorded on Anchor FM and edited and mixed in Audacity. Anything that sounded good was down to them, and anything that sounded crap was down to me. Double Reel will be back in August for a normal episode of Nerdy Film Features, and a special guest conversation on the controversies between Spike Lee and Quentin Tarantino. The music was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod, and as it's such a mainstay of the podcast, here's the rest of the piece in all its glory. See you next time.